Hello, welcome, and thanks for tuning in. Today on Search for Truth, your Bible teacher Brian Johnston takes another look at living with integrity as a Christian at home. It's part of our study theme for this series called Get Real, where over the next and past few weeks, Brian's been viewing different areas of our Christian lives in order to discover how to bring greater authenticity or reality to them. Last week I asked the question, do you think it's difficult to be a Christian at home? Uh, perhaps this is because I thought that those closest to you are more likely to spot the contradictions between your behaviour and your faith. But let's look again into the Bible with Brian to see how we might live with integrity at home. Thanks, John. The virtuous woman of Proverbs chapter 31 gives us a biblical example of selfless and self-sacrificing behaviour putting the good of others in the family first. Even in introducing her in verse 10 by saying her worth is far above rubies, we get a hint that there's something much more important in family life than money and materialism. By the way, talking of her worth, do we aim to build up the self-esteem of those in the family around us? Some Christians say they have a difficulty with terms like self-esteem or self-image, and they can so easily be tainted with selfish pride. But basically, all I mean by building self-esteem is, do we pass on encouragement and appropriate compliments in order to help each family member feel valued and worthwhile, as this woman did in Proverbs chapter 31? Listen, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Hers was a life of transparent integrity. This woman was a help and a confidant to her husband who held a responsible position. And so we come to verse 15, which tells us she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Talk about selfless diligence. She knew all about it. She's got a regular cottage industry going on here in Proverbs chapter 31. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits she plants a vineyard. She perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies sashes for the merchants. She watches over the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. I can believe that. There was no room for idleness in her life. And the picture I get is not one of stress and conflict of interest between home and career. Rather, the picture of a wife and mother fulfilled in the use of her skills and talents, yet whose family comes first, a real worker at home, as Paul described Christian women to Titus in chapter 2 verse 5. Here was someone committed to her family's well-being and taking domestic responsibilities seriously, while at the same time trading profitably in a successful business enterprise. We see this especially in her skilful provision of food and clothing for her family. 
She's got the balance right, without sacrificing anything of her dignity as a person, as a woman, and as a wife and mother. In fact, what we find here is the idea of a gracious mother. Overall, the chapter describes her with strong arms, open hands reaching out, clothed with dignity, speaking kindness, fearing the Lord, praised by her works and acclaimed by her family. Her children would grow up, of course, and as our children get older, the challenges can increase. There can be a tendency for a parent to wish to fulfil his or her own dreams through the children, rather than let them be what they want to be and what they are suited for. And sometimes our own youthful and reckless experiences can fill us with quite unjustified suspicions and fears about their intentions as they become more independent. I wonder if at least a part of Saul's jealousy of David might have been due to his frustration that it wasn't his own son Jonathan who defeated the giant and led the army out to battle. It seems clear that we need to let children find their own niche and encourage them at what they are naturally good at. Jephthah, of whom we read in Judges chapter 11, is an example of someone who didn't fit in at home. In fact, he was driven out of the family home. What a tragedy! for he quickly got in with the wrong crowd who gave him the kind of acceptance and esteem he never enjoyed at home. It's sad today to talk to young people who've effectively been driven from home by well-meaning but misunderstanding parents. It would break their heart to realise that their son or daughter's foolish behaviour, which they find so hurtful, was due in part at least to their mismatched expectations or unrealistic ambitions for their child. Well, now, we've thought about the woman in the family from the point of view of Proverbs chapter 31, so it would be good to look at the man in the family as viewed from Psalm 112. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness." He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. What comes across straight away from that reading is an emphasis on being God-fearing, righteous and upright. But we ask, how can this form of spiritual authenticity come about? How can we better ensure that our domestic lives are like this? What was the very first thing said about the man in Psalm 112? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Surely this is the heart of the matter, and it's cultivated by spending time daily as a family around the open Bible in the home, perhaps at the meal table. Not that we should attempt to impart eternal truths to youngsters in unending devotions. No, we need to be fairly brief, illustrative, and ready with relevant applications for their age level. What can be better for the family unit than if, after the homespun chat across the meal table, we bring our family matters to God? Here the genuine Christianity of parents can and will be proved as we bring our family decisions and problems before God and then thank him together for his help once we receive it. God will be seen to be real in our lives and not just a topic in church. 
The parent's authentic example will set a foundational example for the children's lifestyle, one in which it will be natural to talk about God and to God. Proverbs 24 and verses 3 and 4 say this, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Of course, this is not so much the house, but the home and its various relationships that are being built up, and whose building or development requires wisdom, understanding and knowledge. 1 Peter chapter 3 and the first six verses seem to give us building bricks for a successful home life. Check it out later for yourself, and you may be able to confirm mention of respectful faithfulness, being careful with appearance and attitude, submissiveness through paying close attention to the other, making the right response to a loving initiator, living without being overcommitted outside the marriage, reading one another's mood signals, and honouring with respect and appreciation. Wise couples will be alert to our proneness to self-centeredness, and parental wisdom will express itself as occasion arises in wise forms of discipline of the children in the home. But we must be in total control of ourselves when we discipline our children. Understanding and knowledge come into play too in discerning between an undesirable act and a direct challenge to parental authority. We found it good advice in our experience of young children not to turn mealtimes into battlegrounds. A child cannot be scolded into eating. There's no point in fighting a losing battle, and meals are cases in point where the child's stubborn will may easily get the upper hand. It's better to say, OK, you can leave your dinner if you wish, but listen, there are no sweets and biscuits before tea time. Then at tea time, you reheat and reserve what was left over from dinner time. If the child doesn't listen to mum or dad, he or she will soon listen to a rumbling tummy. Another undesirable act where punishment isn't appropriate is in the case of breakages occurring during play. Correction is necessary, though, when a child retorts, I will not, or shut up. Wise parents build their family life with lots of loving esteem, open communication and fair discipline. I'm so grateful for that short verse in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 that says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. As a holy teenager, he underwent mental, physical, spiritual and social development. The teenage years for all of us are years when we benefit from lots of reassurance and unconditional love. Keeping our expectations as parents realistic and affirming and accepting our kids can help prevent them looking to negative methods of getting attention from their peers. It's useful to check out more of the great resource of parental wisdom that's to be found in Proverbs. There's a father talking to his son. Some 14 times in the first seven chapters we come across the words, My son, prefacing some timeless piece of fatherly instruction. There's warning against keeping the wrong sort of company, as well as against laziness and immorality, but also encouragement to seek God's guidance and to be wise. If you find living the Christian life very difficult, because not everyone at home is a Christian, let me just say that I remember hearing a delightful meditation on the Lord Jesus' home life. The speaker felt a window was opened on the Lord's home life when he said in Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, 
only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, is a prophet without honour. The occasion was the Lord's second rejection at Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Perhaps the sadness in his voice that day could almost be felt. Divisions in the home had cut him keenly, and the hurt of some twenty or more years surface in this remark. Christian, take heart. He knows what it's like to have a difficult daily life at home. And human nature being what it is, we can well imagine his half-brothers being resentful of their perfect older brother. So if yours is a divided home, speak to the Lord about your problems in the confidence that he too has experienced them firsthand. Thanks, Brian, for another interesting look at this important aspect of being a Christian. Brian's book called Get Real is available for this series of talks. If you'd like a copy, just write in by post or email. And additionally, if there's a comment or question you have after listening today, then please get in touch. The talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. Simply ask for Get Real, and you can do this by email or by post using this address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. That's all we have for today, but many thanks for the pleasure of your company and your interest in these programmes. So why not join us next week for another talk in this series, if you can, when Brian will be taking a look at Christian credibility in our church life. In the meantime, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye for now, and may God richly bless you. Help me, God.